Welcome to the Christian Life Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy and are encouraged by this week's message. And if so, we would love for you to visit clcwinnipeg.ca to get further connected with our ministry, to submit a prayer request, or to find out how you can take the next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Life Church Winnipeg. And we pray that you would be blessed through the message you're about to hear. The story is told about a guy who used to fall asleep in church every Sunday morning. And he had a very long-winded pastor. He would preach and preach and preach forever. And this guy would inadvertently fall asleep every single Sunday morning during the sermon. And it really started to bug the pastor. And so he got one of the, the deacons in the church, and he gave him a big stick. And he said, when George falls asleep, he said, just give him a light tap on the back of the head and wake him up. And so he started preaching, was well into his message, and sure enough, George fell asleep. So the deacon went, gave him a little tap on the back of the head, just under the ear, and kind of startled him and he woke up and and he was good for probably a matter of seconds and the pastor kept droning on sure enough fell right back to sleep so deacon thought well I'll give him a little harder tap so he, hmm, a little little harder and really startled George and uh, woke up and pastor continued to drone on and on a few minutes later the deacon noticed George is flat out sleeping. And uh, thought, well, I'll, I'll wake him up this time. So he gave him a good whack in the back of the head, knocked him right off his chair, right into the center aisle, right on the floor. Everybody's looking at him. They thought, oh, boy, George is going to be mad. George looks up at the deacon. He says, hit me again. I can still hear him. I say all that to say this, that rest is important, and we all need it. You probably remember the TV show, Ray, Ray Romano, everybody loves Raymond, and he said, kids are wonderful, everybody should have them. He says, but he, he went on to say, but they're terrorists. He says, they use sleep deprivation to, to break you. And uh, I remember the early days of being a parent, and, and you know, it just seemed like we were tired for years. Uh, the kids just tire you out. But I want to talk to you today about, about the Sabbath day of rest. And we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, and reading from the New International Version. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, But he rested on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day 
and made it holy. We've been working through the 40 days of prayer. If you did not get one of these, as Scott said, please make sure you grab one each when you leave. They're in a a box at the back there. We're on day eight today, and and we're going to be using uh, this as what we talk about in our life groups this, uh, this time period. But also, every seven days, I'll be preaching uh, on the topic for that particular day. So today would be day eight, and we are talking about the Sabbath. And there's actually um, a little bit to be said about the Sabbath, and I hope that it inspires and encourages you in reconsidering the Sabbath. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, is reconsidering the Sabbath. Sabbath literally means rest. And I want to share with you today a few thoughts about the Sabbath. And I've certainly shared with you in the past my my own personal uh, resistance to uh, keeping a Sabbath, maybe as an adult, because of the fact that it wasn't the most enjoyable day of the week for me as a kid. And so when you really dislike something as a kid that you have to do, guess what happens when you become an adult? You don't do it anymore. But we've been talking about the Sabbath a little bit in our home and uh, reconsidering it again. And it's one of those things that I think we sometimes give lip service to, but don't really consider the benefits of it, maybe as we ought to. And so a few points I want to make this morning as we look at this passage of Scripture. And the first one, I'm not getting any response, Joanne, from the clicker. Maybe give that thing a little bit of a boost or something. Oh, there we go. I'm sorry, it's good now. Um, If God needed it. As we look at verse 11, the first part of verse 11... It says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. This is what God did at the very beginning of creation. Now, some people might say, well, the Sabbath is is part of the Old Testament law. But it's interesting to note that, that God himself, before the law was ever implemented, the Old Testament law was ever implemented, at the very beginning of time, at the very beginning of creation, God implemented and took a Sabbath, a day of rest, after his act of creation. And so from the very beginning of time, God set in order a a pattern of work, then rest. And we are to work from a place of rest. One of the things that work does is it it wearies us, it tires us out, it, it may wear us out. And God, from the very beginning of time, implemented this system of work, then rest, then work, then rest, then work, then rest. And so God wants us to be working from a place of restedness. Now, uh, some of you here, probably a good number of you here, are retired. You're not working. At least not in the traditional sense of getting up and, and going to a job and earning a paycheck. But yet, you know what it is as a retired person, how busy you can be, 
and how much work you may do in the course of a week. Sometimes it might be caring for an elderly spouse or running back and forth to doctor's appointments or driving friends around about. Uh, there's, there's always stuff to be done. There's always seems to be work to be done. And we're to work from a, a place of restedness. God put in place this, this rhythm for our lives of, of work and rest and work and rest. You know, I think there are some people that are afraid to take a, a day of rest. They're afraid to take a Sabbath. And sometimes one of the things that, that they're afraid of is they're afraid of, of silence. They're afraid of, of stillness. They're, they might even be afraid of their own thoughts. And I think sometimes people feel we get so caught up in the activity of the world that we actually feel guilty if we're not doing anything. If we're just, you know, sitting around or we're taking a nap in the middle of a day, we sometimes feel guilty if we're not doing something, if we're not producing something. This world has created this system of a busyness all the time. In life today, it would seem that there's very little room for, for reflection. Uh, there would be very little room or time to stop little room for prayer and, and, and very little room for, for meditation. I think some people feel vulnerable, maybe overexposed, maybe a little bit naked when they just stop and, and they're quiet before God and they let the Holy Spirit speak to them and work in them and let the Word of God speak to them. And I think there's a lot of people today that are, are, are busy because they're trying to maybe outrun the voice of God. And, or maybe those inner voices that torment us that say, you don't, you're not good enough. Um, you don't measure up. You're not perfect. You're not really especially extraordinary. But being still and quiet and resting in the presence of God is a wonderful opportunity that will not take away from your life. It will not diminish your life, but it will build and enhance your life. It's a time when we can physically rest. It's a time when we can quiet our soul and when we can rest our mind and our thoughts and focus on God. Busyness has a way of, of robbing us of that valuable thing called introspection, of, of just being able to be still before God. And, and we see from God's word that he set the perfect example for us. That after he created this world, he rested. God needed a day of rest. He needed a Sabbath. And I think that as we consider God in all of his power and his might, he is eternal, he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, this is the God who spoke the world into existence by his word. And it was this same God who, after doing that work, chose to rest. He chose to rest. And there's, there's, there's a lesson for us to learn here. That if God needed the rest, I guess I do too. 
After my week of work and busyness and activity, I need to rest, just as God needed to rest. We're made in his image, and he needed rest, and so do we. So, second point I want to make this morning is the difference of the day. For many years, people have struggled with what you can and cannot do on a Sabbath day. Now, I am not going to stand up here this morning and go through a list of do's and don'ts as we talk about the Sabbath. That's not the intent of this message at all. What I want to do is lay out some of the wonderful principles and values of a Sabbath that that can benefit and build our lives and our relationship with God. The first thing we recognize as we think of the difference of the day is that the Sabbath is holy. The Sabbath is holy, and, and that's what the Bible says here, that, that uh, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy in the second part of verse 11. He blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. So this would certainly indicate to us this morning that when we think of the Sabbath day, that we ought to give ourselves one day a week that's a holy day. Now, I just want to put a little uh, maybe disclaimer in here. And that is that I know the world and the context in which many of us live and work, and and there are people that are, are dealing with shift work, Uh, They're working Sundays. They don't really have a choice in the matter. But there is this sense that every one of us, when we finish our work, we need to be taking a day of rest, a Sabbath day of rest. So for some people, they might have to make that a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Friday. It may not be a Sunday. The fact that you're here in church on a Sunday would probably indicate that you're actually able to do a Sabbath on a Sunday. But that's not the case for all of us, and it's not the case for all of us all the time. The Sabbath is a day that we set apart for rest. It's a day that we set apart for God. In 1610 in in America, in the States, they, they implemented Sunday closing laws And uh, it would have been an easier day to be a pastor because um, they had mandatory church attendance. You had to go to church on Sunday. And so there wouldn't be these snow days (laughs) um, like like we have today where people are like, oh man, it's just going to be really tough to get to church. No, you had to go. It was mandatory. And so 180 years later, they were still really following this Sabbath law and they would, they would enforce the rules pretty strictly. George Washington was traveling one day from, from uh, Connecticut to New York. And he got stopped along the way because he was traveling on a Sunday. Wasn't allowed to travel. In fact, uh, our kids went to Christian school. And some of the people uh, in that school were very strict about the Sabbath. And, and if they were doing a, a volleyball or basketball tournament they would not travel on a Sunday. They would not travel on a Sunday. Another fellow, James James Armstrong, uh, lived in Arkansas, and he got fined in the 1800s $25 for digging potatoes on the Sabbath. And another guy by the name of John Meeks was fined 
2250 for shooting squirrels on the Sabbath. This is back in the 1800s. So they had their people out there watching and ready to, to write a ticket if you broke the rules on a Sabbath. They legislated the Sabbath. Well, we know that we, we certainly don't legislate a Sabbath anymore. I think it was in the early 80s when a lot of this changed in Canada, where we no longer uh, had Sunday closing, and, and I think there was this thing called the Lord's Day Act, and, and uh, the argument was, you know, we're not all religious, and so why should we be uh, doing this religious day? And so everything changed, and, and now I think Sunday is probably one of the busiest shopping days of the week. And that makes it a bit of a challenge for us because the meaning, the significance, and the commonness of the Sabbath has certainly been lost over the last four decades. And so it it puts a lot on us to creatively reconsider how can I have a Sabbath if, if society as a whole doesn't see a value in it? How can I, as a follower of God, put a value on a Sabbath, and, and why should I put a value on a Sabbath? Well, I want to give you a few different pointers here. The first, one of the first reasons that we look at holding a Sabbath is it's different from all other days. It's a different day than other days. It's on other days, uh, you're going to be involved in paid and unpaid work. Uh, paid work being your job. Unpaid work may be the chores around the house. Uh, it's work. It's work that you're doing. It's, it's getting out there and, and doing stuff and, and working away. It's different from other days in that it is a day set aside for you to rest. Now, that I'm not talking about um, a forced, you know, you have to have a three-hour sleep in the middle of the day. I'm not talking about that. It's a day of, of generally of rest. And I think I might have shared this with you uh, a couple of weeks ago where somebody was in Jerusalem and, and they saw these children uh, dancing and singing as they were going down the street and somebody asked them, what, what are you so happy about? And they said, tomorrow is Sabbath. And they were looking forward to it. It was their most favorite day of the week. And that certainly wasn't the case for me growing up. It was my most dreaded day of the week because it was, it was just a day when it seemed like we weren't allowed to do anything we, and we certainly weren't supposed to enjoy it. It was a hard day. And so on days when we're supposed to be doing work and, and activity, that's not the way it is on, on Sabbath for us. A Sabbath, I want you to get this, is a day for us to enjoy you may be enjoying time with friends. You may be enjoying um, time with your family. You may be enjoying going for a stroll in the park, but certainly doing that which you love and that which causes you to rest and relax. And along with that, it gives you an opportunity to reflect on, on God, God and God and God and God. And, uh, you know, for some people, they might enjoy food on a Sabbath, and, and they'll sit down to a wonderful meal on a Sabbath. Uh, it's a day to be enjoyed. And if you can take anything from today, remember this. 
The Sabbath is a day for you to enjoy. It's a day for you to look forward to, not a day to dread. And so here's another uh, thing uh, about the difference of, of the day is, is our thoughts and our attention are on God. There's a, there is a holy aspect to the Sabbath. And it's certainly because we're not involved in work and activity and busyness, it gives us that opportunity to, to not just rest, but also to, to reflect and, and to read our Bibles and to pray and to meditate and to, to center our, our thoughts and our focus on God. And, and if you're counting today as a Sabbath, that's what you're doing right now. You're sitting under the teaching of, of the Word of God. You've gathered together, you've opened your hymn books, and you've expressed songs of praise to God. It's part of your Sabbath. And I had to go through a little bit of a mindset on this uh, fairly recently where, you know, for a preacher, a Sunday is, is the busiest, most draining day of the week. And there are times, you know, when I, when I hit the parking, the end of the parking lot on a Sunday after preaching twice, I'm exhausted, like I am done. And so I did this little change in my mind, and I thought, okay, Lord, instead of looking at this as, boy, it's a draining, heavy day that, that takes a lot out of me, I'm going to offer this to you as, as part of my Sabbath. This is my worship. And so as I'm preaching to you this morning, I'm, I'm not viewing this as my job. This is my worship. This is my expression of love to God and, and love for his family and love for his people. And, and you know what's interesting? Just with that little change in thought and mind, it's not quite so tiring. It's actually refreshing. And it's actually very enjoyable. I mean, it always has been. But, but our thoughts and our attention are in God. And, and, and so we worship God. And this is worship what we're doing this morning. It's worship. It's part of what we do. And so here's another thought about how the day is different, and that is that it replenishes us. It replenishes us. A successful Sabbath, if you can look at yourself, if, if today is your Sabbath and you can get up in the morning tomorrow and you look back and you say, man, I feel alive. I feel alive. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel ready to take on this week. I'm coming in for this week reinvigorated and, and re-energized. I'm coming into this week just refreshed. I had a good day yesterday. If you can come into a Monday morning and, or, or whatever the day is after your Sabbath, if you can wake up and feel that way, you've had a good Sabbath and you've done well. A lot of people have a hard time getting up on a Monday morning or whenever their Sabbath, supposed Sabbath ends because they're exhausted because they haven't stopped, because they haven't given themselves the permission to stop and to rest and to, to rest in God and to, to, to enjoy life and, and to enjoy this day that, that God has given us, that is set apart, that is different than every other day. It's not a common day, it's a special day. It's so special that God called it a holy day. And so it brings us to our last, our last point this morning. Keeping the rules or building a relationship. Keeping the rules or building a relationship. And, and so we look at verse number 10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And he goes on to say all the stuff that we shouldn't be doing. 
shouldn't be working. It's a day to the Lord your God. It's a day dedicated to the Lord. Now, there are people who love a good set of rules. They love, they love a good set of boundaries. It gives them the idea that, that they're doing things right. It gives them a sense of security that if I'm doing this, then God is obviously going to be really happy with me. He's going to be pleased with me because I'm keeping the rules. The other thing that, that gives us a little bit of pleasure about rules is, is sometimes we think they're, they kind of impress other people because we're showing restraint and self-discipline. Rules have also been used to control people's behaviors, and a lot of people have, have rejected the church because they're rejecting the rules, and what they felt was, was the church trying to control them or to restrict them. And so we recognize that as society has moved on from a common Sabbath day, it changes how we function and how we do a Sabbath because we can no longer rely on the rule of the Sabbath. And it leaves us somewhat in a quandary, but also in a way it kind of frees us up to do this not because it's a rule or a law, but because we want to and because we desire to. And so it, it causes us to ask the question, if, if the world never stops, if the world is in constant motion around me, then how do I stop? How do I get off this endless cycle of engagement that everybody else is on? How do I live different than the majority of the people in this world? How do I do this? And I, I wonder sometimes, as we, as we look at what's going on in the world, we certainly see more episodes, I think, of, of mental health issues, of depression, anxiety, of fears, um, it increases in, in suicide, uh, the brokenness of the family. I mean, when, when today does an entire family have time just to hang out? We just don't. And, and you see that, that whole breakdown in our society, and I wonder if, if, if we're just in more of a crisis than we realize by, by us not giving ourselves a day to rest and a day to enjoy. How do we get off this endless cycle of engagement? Well, how do we make it a day of, of rejuvenation and reinvigoration? How do we make it a day where it's spiritually beneficial to us? Well, I think one of the ways we can do it is, is recognize that keeping a Sabbath draws us closer to God and it builds our relationship with God. And so if we have that at the at the very core of, of this, and say, why should I take a Sabbath? Well, because it's going to build the most, rela most important relationship that I have in life and in eternity. That's my relationship with God. It's actually going to improve it. It's going to strengthen it. It, it gives me an, an opportunity to reset my relationship with God. 
It gives me an opportunity to, to communicate with God, to, to hear from God. It gives me an opportunity to, to cleanse my soul, as it were. It gives me an opportunity to, to come in alignment with God. And we've probably all driven a car whose front wheels were out of alignment. And, and you know what it's like to, to be driving down the road and having your car pulled to the left or pulled to the right. And you know right well that if you let go of the wheel, it's either going to take you into the traffic or it's going to take you into the ditch. And the only way to fix it is to get it realigned. And that's what it's like in, in life for us is... is is that Sabbath day gives us that opportunity to keep our lives aligned with God. To make that relationship easier. So we're not steering into traffic or we're going off into the ditch, spiritually speaking. The, keeping the Sabbath cannot be about rules. I want to make it really clear. Keeping the Sabbath cannot be about rules. It's about relationships. And there's three relationships that benefit from it. First of all, your relationship with God obviously benefits. You're going to have a greater sense of intimacy and connection with God if you keep a Sabbath and you keep it holy. It's just going to do you good. You're going to have a greater sense of fellowship and, 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 and a closer connection with God. You're not going to be able to forget him week upon week upon week. But every... Every Sabbath, you have that opportunity to, to sit down with God, as it were, and, and talk to him. So that's one of the relationships that gets built up on a Sabbath. The other one is a relationship with others, the people in your life that matter to you, your friends, your family. The Sabbath gives you an opportunity to break bread with them to do life with them, to fellowship with them, to, to commune with them, to spend time with them, to, en to enjoy with them. It gives you an opportunity to do that. And the other relationship that benefits, and we oftentimes wouldn't talk about this maybe in the church, but it's a relationship with yourself. You see, when, when you're doing a Sabbath day of rest, you are doing yourself an incredible favor. You are doing something very nice for yourself. You're treating yourself. You're treating yourself to a special day when you have the permission to rest, to go for a walk, to not have to work, to not have to put out anything. You're doing yourself a favor. You are treating yourself to the things that you love more than anything else in this world. It might be poking around your garden and messing around with your flowers. It might be going for a bike ride. It might be going for a, a cup of coffee. It might be walking through the park. Whatever it is, it might be sitting on a lake and throwing a line in the water. Whatever it is, you are building your relationship with yourself. You're loving yourself enough to give yourself the opportunity to do the things you love doing. Now, I, found, I find it interesting when, when I'm not keeping a Sabbath that the things I enjoy doing, I'm not doing. I'm not doing. I don't have time to do them. And so you're, you're going through this, this life and, and you're not really enjoying it. It's just work, 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 and produce, 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 and, and do other things for other people, but you never have a chance to stop and, uh, 
and do the things you enjoy doing. Jesus said it right in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And this came out of the context of, of the religious people going after Jesus because they were walking along and they were picking some heads of grain and they would be probably uh, separating the wheat from the chaff in their hands, getting rid of the chaff and eating the wheat as they're walking along the road. And so the Pharisees would say, well, you're harvesting. That's work. And what Jesus is saying is, don't be so stupid. You know, we're walking along and we're hungry and we need something to eat. This is not work. We're nourishing our bodies. And then he went on to say, we weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. So be reasonable about it. And don't make it all about laws and rules and and ridiculous regulations. The Sabbath is intended to help you and to build you up. The Sabbath is intended to be one of the greatest blessings of your week. One of the greatest, most enjoyable days of the week. And I really think if we got this right, we would be looking forward to the Sabbath. We'd be looking at at our calendars and saying, oh man, three days and it's Sabbath. Two days and it's Sabbath. Tomorrow's Sabbath. Today is the best day of, of the week. Today is my Sabbath day of rest. I think it's important. So as I, as I close this morning, we are free in Christ. As we look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, um, there is an interesting passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon, celebration, or a Sabbath day. What Jesus would be teaching us here, what the scriptures would be teaching us here is, is it's not about judgment. It's not about laws and rules. It's about relationship. We don't judge each other by it. It's about relationship. It's about the freedom that you have in Christ. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was made for us. And we find our rest in him. And our regeneration and our reinvigoration and our just being refreshed in him. And so this week, as you go through your 40 days of of prayer, there's going to be some more teaching on the Sabbath. Some of it you might have heard already. But little topics like today reconsidering the Sabbath and tomorrow enjoying the Sabbath and what will you do on your Sabbath and finding a Sabbath day and how to prepare for a Sabbath. How do I, how do I get ready for a Sabbath? And, and what's the rhythm of rest and work and, and worship and Sabbath and Sabbath and private worship? There's going to be lots in here for you to, to go through. And I think it could be life-changing. I think it could be life-changing. And I think it can build your life in such a wonderful, positive way.